All right, fellas, listen up. You want to feel your best. You want to be your best. You want to be your best for the people who are their best to you. Then you got to get manscaped. It's the only way to make sure you're your freshest. You smell your best. You feel your best every single day, whether you're using that lawnmower 3.0 to get yourself nice and trimmed up. You're using some of that deodorant specifically designed to reduce chafing. I promise you it works. You're getting some of those. That's right. They love that non-chafing deodorant. Whether you're using those most comfortable pair of boxers that you've ever worn in your life getting the shower spritz or whatever it may be that travel bag you use the promo code dnbr20 at manscaped.com you get 20 percent off plus free shipping of all of this fantastic stuff whether you're getting it for yourself you're getting it as a gift someone's getting it as a gift for you make sure you know and let them know how much you appreciate it tweet at them tweet at us and use that promo code dnvr20 to get 20 percent off plus free shipping at manscape.com today and go in the air deep right center go. field two run home run trevor story way back myers he'll watch it go chuck nasty two run home run david Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Hey, welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, potentially life-altering Strava Craft coffee. It's changed my life. It could change yours. Who am I? Well, I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of the DNVR Rocky Situation. We have got beat writer Patrick Lyons along for the ride, and we're coming at you at a special time on a Sunday evening. If you're watching the live, this podcast will probably be going out Monday morning. But Patrick, it's because we got news. We got notes. We got players giving interviews. We got Bud Black answering questions. We got baseball-related activities going on on the field. In fact, some of it you might even mistake for actual baseball. We get to observe things and talk about them. And this is, what is this world that we've come into? We've had a couple of days to observe some baseball. We get to dive into it. Uh, what an exciting time to be alive. <laughs> And you said it, buddy. More ways than one. It is. And it all means something now, too, where it's important. You know, we've seen some guys, you know, take batting practice or hit a ball off of a tee, but they're doing it in their backyard. Or as we heard from Scott Oberg, and we'll talk about that interview the other day, working in, in New Jersey, my former home state somewhere in Gloucester County, where his neighbor has some room in the, his backyard. And so that was his workout space. That was his Salt River Fields, if you will. And right. didn't matter quite as much there. I'm glad he got those workouts in. But now it does matter. Right there at, at 2001 Blake Street. They're back in Lodo. The boys are back. We're back. Special Sunday night or Monday morning <laughs> exclusive, depending on how you look at it. Right. And it, it's, it is a good time to be alive right now in Denver. I did have to sport the Nolan being Nolan. Remember to get your, your DNVR merch stuff. 
Patrick going just straight DNVR today, as as am I with the hat. But the uh, the Nolan being Nolan today because uh, it's the first time we've heard from the best and most important player on the team, unless you feel that that's Trevor's story, but still um, one of the two. And, you know, I thought he, he was pretty excellent today. We didn't touch on any of the, the drama from before. And really the standout quote to me was this, and we sent it out, got a little graphic up. I think it counts, and I want to win, he said, of this 60-game season. I think there's a chance to win a World Series, and that should be the goal. It was just just to see him, and, and really, you know, the defiant way in which he said, you know, I'm... I'm here to play. I, I believe it's good that we're playing, and and you know I, I I expect us to show up and perform and be the absolute best version of ourselves because I accept no excuses. I expect us to be good, and it's right there to to get it. So no one's going to tell me it doesn't count if we go out and win the World Series. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a very charged you know comment, not in any kind of negative way, and not an overly emotional way. Just definitively that hey. You know, this season counts. That's what we're all here for. If there's, there's no reason to show up if you don't want to win. And if you know anything about Nolan Arenado, he's one of the most competitive people that are out there. He was even asked a question about, you know, his games of wiffle ball with his family. If, you've, <laughs> if you've seen any of those uh, seemingly bootleg videos, you know, they're not bootleg. It's just, you know, being filmed on a backfield somewhere in California on someone's phone, you know, live on Instagram. They are competitive, and that's family. So, you know, Nolan's been, been working his butt off. He can't, you know, he couldn't wait to be back at Coors Field. It was great watching him take some batting practice, field grounders at third base, and ultimately talk about how being at the stadium is better for him and for most of the players in regards to taking their health and safety even more serious. You think the easiest thing is just stay at home, stay quarantined, and you're safest. But, you know, you might need to go out and get groceries. We all do in, in some form or fashion, right? Well, what are you going to do in those moments? Because you're really out of your element. You're, you're not at home. So he talked about being at the stadium. And, and, and one of the common themes is players talking about holding each other accountable. And it's just a good reminder. Hey, I'm at the stadium. I got to make sure I sanitize my hands. I got to make sure I'm keeping distance. I got to have my, my mask on. I'm not spitting. I'm not, you know, giving fives. None of those things. And Nolan feels at home and he feels like he's in a better and safer condition because of what's going on at Rocky Summer Camp right now. Yeah, I thought those were really interesting comments as well. Uh, not only for him saying, like, I, I feel like this is better, but but him him talking about all of his teammates that, that he feels like, you know, are following the procedures, are doing all of the things properly, how seriously they're taking it. And it does remind you of how health conscious these guys are, that they already are doing a lot of things that most of us normal people don't think about because their bodies are their primary tool for their job, their work, for feeding their families. And and so, yeah, I think that really came through um, in what he said. And I also thought the, the other thing that was really important was that he coupled it with no one should be coming in thinking this is going to be totally business like usual, though. He was like, that's what guys can't do is walk around thinking this is going to be my normal routine. You can't have your normal routine. You've got to do all the right things so that we can get this done. And you could almost hear him like begging everyone to do everything they need to do so that he gets to play baseball. That, that was, ba you could just hear it in his voice. Like, please, please, everyone socially distance and wash your hands and wear a mask and do all of the things. 
because then I get to play a full season of baseball. And you could just tell at the beginning of the, the first, I think, 10 minutes of the press conference, the theme was, wow, this guy really likes playing baseball. <laughs> yeah, he, he that's this is his church, you know, going to Coors Field, man, that's that's where he's 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 trying to get to a to a much higher ground and you know we saw that all weekend um for for the opening of rocky's summer camp where players were they were entering in i'll I'll try to you know we'll try to paint the picture for you they were entering in left field where there's that tunnel and they've got the tarp where it says hit the mitt well that's essentially where their their parking lot is somewhere out in that general area and they would walk in through there through that tunnel left field uh, the wall wide open and that's how they would enter into their work rather than through the tunnels of Coors Field. And they all had their masks on. And before they even entered the dugout to go into the clubhouse, there's a hand sanitizer there for them to use. They would go in. When they came out, again, they were all all serious, ready to go. They were split up into three groups. It would be pitchers going first. Uh, It would be kind of the secondary position players next. And then you had the first team starters like Nolan, Story, Garrett Hampson, Sam Hilliard, all in the third group. And when your group was done, that's it. You were gone. And you saw players with that plastic bag of, of food, right, that was made specifically for them to take home, go eat it there, refuel. And, again, they left with their masks on. And, you know, it was definitely a, um, really awesome to see that they were practicing what they preached. And, two, just a really intense level because you even had, you know, the clubhouse guy, uh, tiny Mike Ponarelli, who was there with his disinfectant and and spraying everything down. You know, each guy has basically their own like baseball bag. It was a smaller duffel bag with their equipment in it, and he would go through each one and and spray something down to disinfect it, put it back in. He did with the batting donuts and and several other things that you know could potentially have been shared. Um, so it, it just it, it was it, it made us feel really safe in the press box. And and that was a whole other thing too, is how the PR department has done such a wonderful job uh, in welcoming welcoming us in and and allowing us to feel safe and say, yeah, we do want to come down to Coors Field every day. Yeah, you know, it's it's easy to take this layup and say the Rockies communications department is the best in the business because it's also important to what we do that we have a, a friendly and good relationship with them. They're literally the people that decide. I mean, well, not anymore. Actually, now that I'm in the BBWA, they they couldn't decide not to take away my credentials. But in general, you know, these are not people you want to make enemies of, but we've never had any reason why we would need to. I mean, you saw we had four or five active players and the head of uh, player development on live during a draft. That is only possible because of the Rockies communications department and, and, you know, these Zoom meetings that they're putting together and making... Bud Black and Jeff Breidich available to us. In fact, I feel like Jeff Breidich has been more available to us in the last couple of weeks than he was for most of last year. Um, but yeah, they've just, they've been doing a phenomenal job in making sure that everyone um, is feeling safe. I wanted to ask you a little more in depth about that second thing there, Patrick, because that's what Nolan was getting at. You know, it it is, I feel like human nature when you're regimenting everything the way you just described in this group you have to stay away from me human beings we get energy out of each other we literally get kinetic energy from each other's presence and we can that's why ball players will slap each other in the face and push each other and why these things go on and you know you can't do any of that anymore and so you would think maybe there would be a lack of intensity uh these guys have been at home for a couple of months 
I don't know if you saw the picture of the way Pablo Sandoval showed up to Chinese camp. Um, At least gonna... the parts of him that fit in the frame <laughs> of the picture that was taken. That was I feel uh, bad. We shouldn't really comment on that, but he I is mean, an athlete. You can probably hear the quotation marks if they, you're just listening to the audio. You know, for all people talk about Jokic and stuff, um, but. I'm going to pretend like I don't know the answer to this question and ask you this. Were the Rockies intense enough these last couple of days? They were. I think they were intense enough. You know, Nolan was was one of the guys who talked about just how quick this ramp-up needs to be. They need to be in mid-season form, and yet they haven't played game one yet. But they, uh, along with the coaching staff, the players too, they – want to be ready for game 82 and in fact if we're playing a 60 game season it's as if they should have played 102 games already let that sink in for a second they are preparing right now as if they are getting into game number 103 shape 103 how do you do that so you know a lot of that went into you know what what happened you know before they showed up this weekend a lot of it, you know, being at home, you know, Trevor Story talked about kind of cutting weight to what he usually is, you know, midseason at 205, 207. You know, he comes into camp usually a lot, you know, heavier than that, but the weight comes off. Well, okay, he wants to get in his, you know, July shape. So he's down those 10 pounds already, you right. know. A lot of guys talking about that. And Steve Foster today, the pitching coach, saying how, yeah, you know, we're, we're just going to keep him on this routine. Uh, that they currently have going, uh, this new routine, so that you know they are going to be ready to do as much as possible as soon as possible. You know, he he called it aggressive, and I don't think it's anything aggressive where we're going to uh, be looking back on this period and and wondering, you know, why did Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez and Peter Lambert and Chichi Gonzalez, these young pitchers, why did they all have Tommy John surgery around the same time? It's not that kind of aggressive, but mm-hmm. it is. It is more ambitious than anything. And so, yeah, to answer your question, I do really think that they, you know, brought their A game. I, had, I saw a couple, you know, grass stains on, on pants, you know, guys getting dirty, Trevor Story among one of them. So, you know, they're, they're, they need to ratchet it up as quickly as possible. And in only day two, they did that already. And, of course, a near miss that we couldn't get scared about because we all knew it was fine the second it didn't happen. But still... Marquez came up and in on Nolan Arenado. And I thought actually some of his answers about that, his reaction to it was like, you know, obviously you you don't want to take one in the head. But he even was like, hey, I'm glad I saw it out of the hand early. You know, I recognized. I was able to, to move my feet. I was able to do the thing and get out of there. You can see it if you're watching with us here on the, the live now. Um or just some highlights here, but still. Yeah, this would um, be Marquez against David Dahl. We, we oh, okay. Oh, wasn't and able to him, catch right? that moment where yeah. all of the entirety of the state of Colorado and the Rocky Mountain region, you know, gasped some air of, of a high yeah. and tight on on Nolan Arenado. It just reminded me too of the time that Marquez hit Chris Bryant in the head, and yeah. uh, there was a whole you know kerfuffle about that, and it was it was just a reminder to me that yeah, sometimes Marquez loses it up and in. I promise you he wasn't trying to hit Chris Bryant. I promise you he wasn't trying to hit Nolan Arenado. And he didn't uh, thank the baseball gods that he didn't hit Nolan Arenado. But it, those are the kinds of things that can kind of jolt your body a little bit in, in ways that the other stuff can't. You don't want to do that by design. Um, but every 
coach or manager in every professional sport will tell you there is no replacement for live practice. Even if it's a scrimmage against your own guys, if he's throwing at full speed, that means Marquez is bringing it at 96, 97 miles an hour. Um, you got to be ready to go at the plate. And that, 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 that can light a little bit of a fire in a guy like Nolan. who's going to go crazy this year, man. For sure. And he, he said it was good. You know, I yeah. mean, in that moment, not really, because seeing him kind of stammer backwards out of the box and and just kind of say, yeah, I'm kind of done with that at bat of live pitching and him and Daniel Murphy, you know, had a had a little bit of a, a laugh in, in that moment. But he said it was good because he talked a little bit about his his footwork, what it's like and where he wants it to be. And it showed that he was right there and that that he was ready. You know, that's another thing to think about right. is if, if you are in game 103 shape or you're trying to get there. Well, when one of those pitches comes in like that, which you're going to see, you you need to be ready for that. You need to right. anticipate that. You can't be on your on the, the on your heels and just kind of say, "No, this guy's going to bring over the strike zone." It might creep in a little bit, but it's not a big deal. You got to be ready on every single pitch, even if it's against your own teammate. Right. So the fact that he was able to get out of the way means, you know, hey, no one's ready to go. He is no. ready to go right now. Yeah, he's feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling in mid-season form, at least when it comes to drinking them Breck brews. That wasn't the... a sound effect, by the way. That yeah. was Drew getting it done, doing his own Foley work. And if there's one man Drew wants to be uh, right. uh, 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 akin to, it's, it's, it's a Foley. And that it would is be the Nick man. Foley. That's, uh, that's right. The, myth, the man, the myth, the legend, the god. They would put on the signs. Mick Foley. But if you want to feel as good as I feel about being in mid-season form when it comes to your Breck Brew situation, then you got to get them set up. Whether you're getting them delivered from Davidson's, you can get the pickup or delivery from them, your local King Supers, or you can go down to the farmhouse. You call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. You can get some pickup. You use that code DNVR. You save five bucks off of the food and the beer. I've been drinking a lot of the Mile High City Copper Lager lately. It is my favorite summer drinking beer for sure. I am sadly and unfortunately out of it for right now. So I'm going with the Vanilla Porter Jr. Of course, uh, the Vanilla Porter Sr. We'll see. Maybe one day. But uh, you know them, you love them. You're drinking your Breck Brew, then you're helping us out. And one thing you can do while you're drinking your Breck Brew as well is play WGT. I've been playing a lot of it lately. I didn't do so well on the the fours situation. You know, the, the the fours just were not. I don't. I thought I was getting better. It might have been some false bravado, Patrick. If I may possibly not that I would ever be guilty of false bravado, but well, it it lulls you into a, a a false sense of security when it's you know a par four. It's not a par three where you know you potentially be on the green right away. It's a par four where you're like, hey, two good shots, man. Like. You're you're gonna have a birdie every single hole. You're gonna be nine under, you know, at the, at the halfway See, mark. That's that's I that's had this th- whole. We all think that. We all think that, and then you just go, no, there's <sighs> more room for error, and you're you're bad, and you're bad. <laughs> there's more times for you to be bad at this. That's what it is, Drew. Uh, but it was still a blast. If you want to have fun, download it at DNVR Golf today, the official sponsor of DNVR Gaming. It is an absolute blast you play closest to the hole or full stroke play or you can join us in any of these tournaments you can join our country club again dnvrgolf.com a couple of questions here before we 
jump back into it. Sean, we do not have any updates on Chuck. We'll let you know as soon as we do. Um, that's just one of those things we're going to have to take those kinds of bits of news as, as they come to us. As I've said before, we're not going to do too much digging on things like that. They've also more or less made a blanket statement saying they're not allowed to talk. They're really not at liberty right. to disclose uh, a lot of this COVID stuff. So they're, they're not allowed to even, you know, let us know which players have tested positive unless that player goes and makes it public, which, right. you know, I, is you know a player can do uh, if they want, but until that moment happens, they they the Rockies can't say anything. Right, right. Um, and then also the original Rockies fan asking of all fifty nine players reported. Well, they don't have that many players in camp just yet. They're supposed to now. Well, how many? They now they're still at fifty two. They told yeah. us they were going to add two more, but they haven't yet. <laughs> no, they haven't added uh west parsons and tommy doyle just yet right. that would make them 54 so your math is i like where your math was at though he said 59 yeah. because well charlie blackman wouldn't count yeah. so subtract one so really yeah. you're subtracting one from 52 we need a chalkboard we need yeah, i was gonna say i need, a, good, I need a tim russert approved chalkboard i know you like that <laughs> reference uh tim russert wow. chalkboard and uh and so it would be 52 minus one gives us 51 However, uh, yesterday uh, I brought my trusty binoculars to keep an eye on all 51 of those guys. Patrick's and, got you cover, OG Rocks fan. And I, uh, I only was able to spot 48 of those 51. So uh, this morning I asked Bud Black uh, you know, a pointed question about a couple of those guys, uh, all of whom you know, come from out of the country. Uh, and we did get confirmation that uh, Alexander Guillen and Elias Diaz – are still both out of the country. They are uh, apparently in route. Um, a third player was mentioned, and uh, ultimately, um, we, we I believe we've had it confirmed that it would have been Jairo Diaz uh, who that third player was. He was misidentified at first, but so those three guys uh, have still yet to to show up in Colorado. So you've got 48 guys uh, that are there practicing at Coors Field. There's uh, the secondary pitchers are, are practicing at Metro State University uh, in person, not online. Uh, although we would understand if those Rockies <laughs> pitchers wanted to go to MSUonline.com to do some of their, you know, season right. preparation. Totally okay. would understand that. Uh, so that's where we stand as far as, you know, who's in town. And, and so that gives them a lot of room to possibly add more guys. If those players can't uh, come in to America – then that's going to you know, free up three more spots. And the Rockies might not even necessarily use those all up by the time opening day rolls around. They might even wait to see where mm. things uh, are going to go up until you know, the trade deadline. And then maybe for the final three weeks of the season, Zach Veen and Drew Romo, Michael Toglia, a lot of these guys who were uh, the first-round picks and second-round picks over the last couple of drafts, they bring them in for at least a little workout, get familiar. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw yesterday. We saw, excuse me, we saw on Saturday. Ryan Rollison made his Coors Field debut, but mm -hmm. not in a game. You know, not very many guys can say that they've made Life their. Life is weird. Yeah, you you don't make your debut at, at Coors Field if it's not a game. I mean, at least actively playing rather than a, a, a photo opportunity. So that was interesting to see. So there's there's still a lot to be worked out, you know, with, uh, with the full length of the 60-man roster. 
You know, I, I saw somebody ask you whether or not that counted on Twitter also about uh, Matt Kemp taking his first at-bats. And, and look, folks, this is this is the closest we get. The Rockies literally may not have a chance to play an exhibition game against another team. Playing themselves and each other may be all the competition they're going to get before the season starts. So this, more or less, is the equivalent to the first couple of games of spring training when guys go out there and throw two innings, it's maybe it it is less organized than that because it has to be by nature, but living here in the new normal and will, I actually don't know the answer to your question about does a player being on the COVID injury list count toward the 60 man roster? Um, These are all things we're going to have to, (laughs) that's actually a, a great question that I, do you know, Patrick? I I don't. I, don't uh, I would think the I think the answer would be no because you I know in, in so a hypothetical well. sense, if you've got twenty guys out, I mean, there's a, obviously a major problem. But I would imagine that you know what what if you even just have five guys that are out, but all five of those guys are catchers. That's the end of the twenty twenty season. The right. Rockies are done. Yeah. They would probably find a way. So while I don't have the answer to that, again, will obviously you always ask great questions. Uh, I would tend to think that you could probably replace a guy uh, if if need be. Again, replacing Charlie Blackman is not going to come from a guy that's not in Denver right now, right? It's going right. to be somebody who's already there. So really you're just you know adding a player on the back end uh, for depth just right. in case. Uh, but we don't uh, know the answer to that. I would hope Jeff Breidich does. But if he didn't, it kind of wouldn't shock me because, again, there there's a lot. This is not – you know, the first 150 years of professional baseball. This is year 151. It is a different beast altogether. And and that's why I want us to shake that feeling of like, what do you mean Ryan Rollison's making his course field debut? Like, no, he is. This is like, look guys, (laughs) this is, first of all, I mean, he really is in the building. That's kind of, that's legit. Like guys don't get that opportunity In, in a way. This is kind of a unique thing that he wouldn't otherwise be, afforded but like we gotta we gotta take what we can get <laughs> it's sort of like th- those are the, the the two models we're all day to day let's take what we can get um and we we've gotten some baseball the last couple of days any other on-field things that have really stuck out in your mind patrick i know we've talked about a lot and are going to continue to hooray on-field stuff um you know everything from the way Sensatella's looked, uh, Marquez bringing some heat. Freeland was out there for a minute. I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, David Dahl took the third pitch he saw from Marquez deep because that dude can hit. Uh, so, yeah, what's what's standing out to you? Yeah, the size of some of the guys definitely is noticeable, and I mean that in a good way. Tony Walters looks like he, he put on some muscle. Granted, I wasn't there in spring training. Um, I had that potential to, to go down there late in spring training, also cover uh, the opening weekend in, in San Diego. So I never even got a chance to lay eye, eyes on him. But he had some noticeable pop in his bat, uh, hit a couple out during batting practice, which isn't normally the case. Then again, during the season, he's doing those little things well. So he's not really trying to you know, put on a, a firework display there to, to use a phrase that nobody wants to hear again after last <laughs> night. Uh, so he looked a little bit bigger. Uh, Brendan Rogers looked a lot bigger. And since spring training, I think he's put on 10 pounds. He was 
uh, almost from the press box without my binoculars, him just leaning on his bat, I could actually see the definition of his triceps. So take that for what you will. Uh, he looks muscular, as you said, Senzatella, you know, trimmed down, story. Uh, definitely looked a little slender uh, when we got the chance to speak with him in the video conference. So a lot of guys just looking good, looking ready to go, and, you know, going all out like you would see them. You know, it's it, it's hard to really know since it's just a practice. Like, hey, is is this what practice would look like in July? To me, it looks like they've got a lot of energy, and they should. So it's definitely coming out. Guys, guys are ready to go, you know, and the roster's not set. It's also not a 26-man roster like we thought going into the season it's now 30 so there's four more spots so yep. now you've got those lower tier guys like orion rawlson who we're seeing here now if you're uh, watching the video live or on our youtube stream make sure you uh like share and subscribe to that channel but you know i, I don't know that rawlson's gonna find his way you know in into the rotation in any any shape or fashion or maybe into the back of the bullpen but shoot he doesn't have as many guys to leapfrog if there's going to be 30 guys on the roster as opposed to 26. And yeah. some of those roster constraints are lifted, and it's not, okay, you can take a maximum of 13 pitchers to start the season. Half of your guys are pitchers. Now that has been lifted. So now you're right. going to have a few extra guys, and, hey, you need one out uh, in, in the sixth inning uh, of, of a start and against uh, Cody Bellinger. Maybe you bring in Ryan Rawlson for that one batter if his uh, spot in the order comes up. I love uh, that. Yeah. There's a universal DH, so that theory gets thrown out the window entirely. That's, uh, this is yeah. all part of the thing that we got to wrap our heads around. I know. There's like a whole – like, oh, yeah, but then the other new rule means that exactly. you can't. But, yeah, no, I mean, you're 100% right, and so congratulations to Tyler Kinley on making the team. No, but seriously, I mean, that, you, that those are the guys – those. Those bubble guys, particularly, I think, in the bullpen, um, you know, really now have that much more confidence to go out and say, if I perform, there's a spot for me. Tyler Kinley, um, Jose Mujica. I don't know where Ben Bowden is at with his health right now. Um, there's a lot of those borderline bullpen guys. Or even somebody like... A, like now, for example, we we talked about this Jeff Hoffman because he had been out of options, and you know you either got to stick him in the rotation, stick him as the long man in the bullpen, or risk losing him for good. Well, now with a thirty man roster, you almost certainly don't risk losing Jeff Hoffman with the ceiling he's got, with the possibility to put him into your pen, give you one or two good innings if he's having a good day. He still throws a ninety six mile an hour fastball with a big ugly hook. You know, you just need him to have be having a good day to, to get something out of him. He does have to pitch to at least three batters. Um, but you can give him the hook as quickly as that again with the extra rosters. All kinds of ways this could pan out interestingly. You need multiple long re relievers in the early yeah. going of the season. In the right. past, you had one guy that that was kind of their job. And, you know, you give him an inning here and there as kind of a mop-up duty and go, well, look, just in case, you know, John Gray's got a got a bad start, or he's under the weather. He can only go two innings. Chad Bettis, boom, you're in there. Let's see if you can go, you know, four innings or what have you. Chichi Gonzalez, we saw that last year in Los Angeles and absolutely carved up the Dodgers right. in, in one of the best relief performances we've ever seen in franchise history. So now you're going to need two of those guys, and that's an opportunity for Jeff Hoffman on a day where he's coming to the ballpark and and he's going in there thinking, hey, my buddy Kyle Freeland. You know, he's going to shove today. He wants to go five innings 
in that start here in the early going. And if he doesn't have it, you know, the first time through the lineup, he's done. And now Jeff is in there uh, with his own opportunity, you know, to, to, to maybe throw five innings, if you will. Yeah, he might be the guy the roster expansion <laughs> helps the most in terms of, of Absolutely. getting time with the Rockies. A couple more questions here coming in. Daniel asking, uh, hey, Drew, do we have any news on the TV schedule for our Rockies yet? Unfortunately, no, we don't even have any news on the baseball game schedule <laughs> yet for the Rockies. Oh, do we? Well, tomorrow. Tomorrow okay. is when okay. MLB is going to release the schedule. Uh, Rockies do not have a, of a game on, on opening day uh, on the 23rd. That'll be... Yankees and Nationals, uh, because that's exactly what you want to see is two teams from opposite divisions. I don't know, man. But you got Yankees, Nats, uh, and Dodgers, Giants. Uh, That'll be in Los Angeles. So that'll be like the opening day doubleheader as far as what's been announced. Everybody else will open on July 24th. And we'll get that schedule tomorrow uh, from everything that we've heard from uh, some folks in the organization. The schedule is going to be pretty similar with evening games, you know. I, I said on Twitter to someone who asked about what the schedule could look like, and you know, baseball has an opportunity to do something different and have games throughout the day. You know, the NBA is doing that, of course, with, with their model and the bubble down in, in Orlando, and the Nuggets have games at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. If you've got work, that stinks. Or you're going to have a very long lunch break. Uh, or if you're off, man, you've got basketball <laughs> all day. So baseball could do that too. But yeah. I think a lot of the TV stations um, in, in the various markets, they're going to want to know we need this in the evening because this is when people, everyone is home. This is when people are more likely to watch something. So let's keep it simple, stupid. 6.40 start times, you know. So we'll, we'll see if that, if, if that really is the case. Uh, I would like to see something different, but uh, we just don't know yet. We should find out in the next 24 hours. And I do think, uh, I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast before or not, I want to do something we've never done before and will hopefully never have to do again, and that's a schedule release show because normally in baseball that would be an absurd thing to do. But I want to get our football people on because they're used to going (laughs) through an entire season before it even happens and doing that. But when they do that, they go, all right, week one. Chiefs, you know what? It's at Arrowhead. We're going to take an L. That's an L. All right. Yeah. Week two. <laughs> they we just got move on. Yeah. You're like, Whoa. <laughs> We got to do that for every game and go, that's all right. right, game 33. All right, I think that's a Freeland start. Uh, it's uh, it's against the Mariners in Seattle. I think Dan oh, Vogelback's man. probably going to get an off day. And it's like, <laughs> you guys are talking out here. You know what? But I love it. It's compelling. And that's uh, what we're going to give you compelling podcast <laughs> i was gonna say you just wrote the tagline for what this entire <laughs> podcast exactly right um and orange rockies fan i see you bringing the fire today i agree i was also incredibly proud of trevor's statements um it would be great to see him use his voice more i think just in general i just think trevor is a smart um conscientious guy who isn't the most natural public speaker but has taken to it and and has a lot of great things to say. And I I 100% agree. I thought his comments on the the civil rights things going on in this country were powerful and important. Um, And uh, I just think in every way, on the field, off the field, uh, Trevor's story is coming into his prime as a person. And it's honestly just an honor to get to watch and report on it. 
Well put. Yeah, you know, it, it, it started at the beginning of last year. I can remember when we went to, uh, it wasn't Rocky's Fan Fest, but it was essentially that for the media where we got to talk with players. And for a guy that had only three years in the league and had been making league minimum, he talked about stepping up and being more vocal, you know, especially with DJ LeMahieu having left the organization and young guys like Brendan Rodgers and Garrett Hampson and Ryan McMahon now at the Keystone spot. So he talked last year about, yeah, I got to step up. I got to be more vocal, you know, kind of almost taking a page out of Nolan's book in a way. You know, Arenado's not quite, you know, very vocal, at least publicly in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, we, we saw the opposite of that this offseason. <laughs> Except uh, that one time. <laughs> yeah, uh, which, which I, I'm sure you might like a, a redo in, in, in some ways. But, you know, he too, he too spoke up and, and said some, some great things where that made you really proud of him, you know, for, for handling a difficult topic. But, but Story wanted to do that. And you're right, it's not natural for him. But I think he really enjoys, you know, working on that. And for him to, uh, you're right, original Rockies fan, you know, taking that opportunity to stay something and talking about his background in Irving, Texas, and how it was diverse and kind of really understanding what the plight is of, of people that, you know, um, are, are, you know, treated differently. And, and we all just want to be treated the same no matter, no matter what we look like, no matter what we sound like. No matter what we believe in, I mean that's that's America, isn't it? That's how this country was founded. So, uh, I was I was also very proud. There's a lot to be proud about if you're a Rockies fan right now. This this might that's be a true. culmination. That that could be a topic for for several shows. Like, is there? It's there's almost never been a better time to be a Rockies fan, at least nationally. Sure, that last year was a disappointment, but still playoffs, two out of three seasons. You know, two of the best players on the left side of the infield in the entire game. You got a guy going to the Hall of Fame, your first one in your organization. And you have Ian Desmond. You have Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, making these statements on a national level and really making you proud to say, yeah, I love these guys as players, but man, as human beings, they're even better. Yeah. Yeah, they've really, well, damn it, Patrick, they've stepped up to the plate. Love it. Even the analogies we have. Original Rockies fan, I'm going to let this get you, uh, I'm going to let you get us back on the diamond too because this is a fantastic question, Patrick. If we don't get to scrimmage against another team, who does it hurt more in the ramp up? The hitters? The pitchers? I I have an answer to this, but I want want yours, yeah. All right. Uh, I think it would be the hitters. You know, seeing, seeing live pitching is so much different. Oh, you don't agree. Oh, we, we, I think we disagree on this. I want to hear your let's answer. Go. Let's go. False count right here. <laughs> right. Let's go. Ring the bell. Oh, no, wow. It... We got to get a wrestling bell, dude. <laughs> ah, yes. Ding, ding, ding. Sound effects. I right. love it. That's my department. But One yes, ball. if there is you know, no exhibition games, which teams can play up to three, it's going to be incredibly hard. Maybe if Colorado opens the season, let's say, in Seattle, Right as their natural rival, quote unquote, uh, they might play two or three games in Seattle before the season starts, and then just start their season there. That might just be how it goes. So, who uh, you know benefits the least, or who who's hurt the most by not having you know by only having those three exhibition games? I think it would be the hitters, because the ability to see live pitching and to be able to adjust on that and to be able to catch up to the hitting, I think is something that. You know, you see that a lot early in the season. 
you know, a lot of pitchers, they're, they're, still, they're still figuring their stuff out too, no doubt. It's colder out in the season. But right, I think the right, pitchers right. Are, are going to be able to um, adjust a little bit. And, you know, with there being more interleague games, at least a larger percentage of games as interleague, it's going to benefit the pitchers. You know, LeMahieu was a guy who said, who, who he blew me away when he said, no, I'd rather face Clayton Kershaw than somebody I've never faced again because I know what Kershaw is going to do. Right. I can kind of close my eyes or at least maybe open the, the third eye on my forehead and see myself doing damage to Kershaw, you know, on, on a hanging curveball and going the opposite way, whatever it is, he can see that. Whereas against somebody that he's never faced before, it's really hard to do that. So in right. that way, I feel like it would hurt the, the pitchers. And, you know, uh, but that might be a better thing. That might, if, if I'm right, that's going to benefit the Rockies because I think their hitters will adjust. And you want the advantage, at least in the early going, to go to the pitchers uh, if, you're, if you're a Colorado fan. Drew, what yeah. say you? Yeah, that's I. You know what's funny? <clears throat> I buy all of that, um, and it is almost always the case, like you said early on, that the the hitting has to catch up to the pitching. Being able to throw a ball ninety seven miles an hour and break off good stuff. Usually, what the pitchers are working on early on, like you said, is like consistency. The human eyeball seeing something moving toward them at 97 miles. It's just not natural. It just takes a minute to get used to it. And there's no way to, to make up for it. So I see what you're saying. Here was my thought was about the mentality of it. Your mentality as a hitter right now is I, I feel like more or less the same as, as your mentality at any other time. If I'm a pitcher thrown to my own guys, I might make different pitch selections. I might not. I don't want to be the guy that beans my own guy in the head, that has the Harmon Marquez versus Nolan Arenado situation, but goes the other way, that gets somebody hurt, that, that comes inside too harsh. Um, and, and we also know that maximum effort in pitching um, for certain things, you know, am I going to really go all out and throw that 92-mile-an-hour slider instead of the 90-mile-an-hour slider in uh, a game against my own guy where – you know, hey, if, if Nolan takes me deep in a way, that's still kind of good for the team because, like, we want our all our guys to be good. So I, I don't think it works quite that way. I think most of it really would be the mentality of coming inside, pitching high and tight against my own teammate, uh, thinking about myself on the mound, which I haven't been since I was 16 years old. Uh, but I, I think that would be the most difficult thing is it's like, you know, you end up hitting uh, somebody on the other team that, hey, look, he was hanging out over the plate. That's my plate, buddy. Get off of my plate. You know, you hit your own guy and you, you crack a rib, you know, whew, that's that's a big deal. So I could see just mentally that struggle being more difficult. But I yeah, I don't know. That's why I thought that was a great question, because I don't think there's an obvious answer to it. Yeah, it's always great when when we have you know different different opinions on something, and we we back it up the way we did, um, because you're you're right that that does make a lot of sense as far as like how aggressive can you be, and maybe in the back of your head, and and there's oh man, there are so many things that players have in the back of their heads that can't exist there, they just can't even have any doubt, right? You go well, how why would Ryan McMahon have any doubt? The dude had 24 home runs last year. You know, he's he's got the locks grown. He, he's got his hair grown out a little bit. You know, he's he's living in, in California. He's got a home in, in Arizona. And it's like life is, is good, but 
you have those doubts. You know, yeah. you, you have those things where you're like, well, I'm not Nolan yet. And, and, and you know, right. is this guy coming in too much? You know, we, we saw it in Bull Durham, that whole scene where get out of your head. Step out, step out, get out of your head. Um, so you have, to, you have to push that out. But it's easier said than done, like you said, when it's against someone from another team. And, yeah, you don't want to hit them. You don't want anything to happen to this poor guy. No. But if it does, hey, it's part. Hey, you got to break some eggs right, if you're if you're yeah. gonna make Pardon. some cookies, uh, as the saying does not go. Right. But you know, what are you actually trying to make if you know you break Nolan Arenado's eggs? And I'll yeah. just leave that statement. At the <laughs> <end>. <laughs> just put that on our shirt. Yeah, but I, and then I, you know, it's funny. I I was trying to think if there was a mental equivalent that would go the other way. And I really don't think so because hitting is so reactive. The only thing I could think of, if there was a pitcher who, you know, everyone thought was going to be big and important to the team, some key guy, maybe Wade Davis, you know, who had been pitching well or doing whatever, and he's out there scuffling and he's given up a couple of home runs or whatever, and you're the next guy up, are you going, oh, shoot, we kind of need this guy. We need him to pitch late in games. We need him to be good. Uh, maybe I'll go up there with a contact swing. You know, I still need to get my at bat. I don't think guys give anything away. I just, they're so competitive out there, but I could see maybe making a mental compromise of like, maybe I won't swing for the downs if Davis is having a real bad uh, live BP session out there, something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely anything's possible. This is just a whole whole new world, you know. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It does make you think, like, yeah, why 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 don't the Rockies just practice at Coors Field? And it just, you know, maybe maybe it's happened in, in decades past where if the Rockies have opened at home, they've had a practice. I know that's actually been the case when you know they've been on the road, uh, where yeah, they're gonna have a, a full team practice before opening day. Um, but if they're not starting up at home, you're just not going to see a, a practice at Coors Field. So for them to do it in such a way where it's all the pitchers at once, then you got the second team, then you got the first team. It's it's like watching a, a well-oiled Division One SEC baseball team, you know. And and there's a couple of those guys on the Rockies roster at the moment, in fact, too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right, a few more things before we get out of here today. Yes, Daniel, I did see. I don't know, Patrick, if uh, you saw the video today of uh, Masahiro Tanaka getting hit in the head on that line drive from Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, scary, scary stuff. I was shocked he was able to walk off the field uh, mostly of his own volition. looked like he was helped off the field. Scary, scary moment there. And again, those are the kinds of things that when it happens in her squad, you know, to your own teammate, it, that that's a, that's a horrible feeling regardless. It's double horrible when, when it happens to your own guy. Yeah. A couple of thoughts on that. You know, if I saw the video one time and that, that was it. And yeah. it was almost by accident. Like it comes up and you go, Hey, what is this? Dear God, I don't want to ever see that again, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, if, if you do watch the video or if you at least watch the bottom half of the video, you're going to see the reaction on Giancarlo Stanton. Just right. go down to the ground, cover his head. He doesn't even want to look. And this man knows what that's like because he was hit in the face. He was one of the first guys to wear that C-flap because he took one upstairs, and he knows what it's like to have one of those kind of contusions. And, you know, mild concussion for Tanaka. Today we saw out on the field. Um, I, had, I had a conversation with someone this morning about, like, oh, why don't they use an L screen, you know, when, when throwing live – 
a, a batting practice, or it's not batting practice, it's pitchers versus hitter. And I thought, well, you know, you could have a line drive that a pitcher could protect himself, but then if it deflects off of part of the L screen, now that comes up, you, you're not right. prepared to play a, a, off of a, you know, a deflection like that. But sure enough, the Rockies did use one today in, in the clips that uh, we were playing earlier, and you could see uh, on our, our Twitter accounts that they did have one for Senzatella, Freeland, and Marquez that was used, you know, for their safety, which is great. And again, make sure you're you're following us on Twitter because you can get part of the in uh, part of the conversation uh, about what's going on if you've got specific questions. And someone did ask that about pitcher protection. You know, would we see that in the regular season or something? And you know, it's not it's not an awful idea, but. There is a, equipment out there for pitchers to protect themselves. You know, there, right. there are hats that would right. protect their temples and their forehead, and they're not very stylistic. They don't look great. You know, Alex Torres is a guy. Look him up, uh, T-O-R-R-E-S. You know, he pitched with the Padres yeah. and with the Mets, and, you know, he wore a, 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 a cap that almost looked like it was made of wool. It was just really thick. But, again, it had protective padding in there that, you know, could save somebody's life. But because it looks a little bit off, he stopped wearing it. Uh, actually, I don't know that he stopped wearing it, but uh, he could have just – his time in the majors could have gone uh, – come and gone. But nobody else has adopted it at all. You know, we saw mm -hmm. that also with the Mets. David Wright, uh, he took one upstairs, and he started wearing a helmet that was a little oversized. And people called him the Great Gazoo. Very funny. But what's not funny is he didn't stick with it, and nobody wears that extra padding uh, no. on their head for protective gear because it doesn't look cool, even though – it could save somebody's life. It hasn't saved anyone's life yet, no. you know, at least in the major leagues. But uh, it's it's disappointing that, you know, in this time where we talk about health and safety and uh, and prevention of, of COVID-19, you know, the simple uh, safety precautions that could be taken in, in our sport of baseball, you know, are, are right there before us. And if adopted by major leaguers, it could certainly help save the lives of people in the lower levels uh, of the game as well. Yeah. Will coming in saying that that company also developed the smaller version of the one that Torres wore. You know, there's there's uh, efforts being made to get it. Every time something like this happens, I almost like have a complete breakdown as a baseball person, you know, and just go, okay, there's got to be something we can do. Um, and I feel like there are people out there who are doing something. I'd like to see more of an effort by Major League Baseball to get their players to adopt it for their own benefit and to do what they can to get rid of the stigmas against it. Like you've just described, because, you know, it shouldn't take somebody dying out there for us to make the change. Sadly, it did when it came to first and third base coaches wearing protective exactly right. helmets. And, right? and uh, rest in peace. Uh, Mike Coolball, of course, right. unfortunately was Tulsa drillers uh, with the Rockies organization at that time. So, uh, it's a shame that it may come down to that, but um, if, if, if you or anyone you know or is a coach out there, really try to implement that at the younger levels and get guys to adopt. It's great that they start using the C-flap, you know, that little, that little face guard that comes up on the side of the helmet to protect guys if they get hit in the jaw. You know, that, even something like that took a long time to get adopted. And so, so kudos for the guys that were the early uh, adapters for that. Yeah. We've got one more question from Will here that I think is just an absolute doozy. You guys are bringing just really stellar questions today. But, Patrick, were there any other 
observations from these first couple of days of summer camp. Doesn't it feel like <laughs> a kid all over again? It's uh, it's very eerie how quiet it is in the ballpark. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, they have been playing some music, you know, during you know batting practice. Not terribly loud. Uh, ultimately, they don't need to because there are no fans kind People. of <laughs> yeah, talking. That sound. Yeah. Right. yeah. So you know they've got music. They've been playing a lot of '90s hip hop, uh, which has been. Uh, good, you know that was music that I I listened preferable. to when I was, uh, <laughs> I was much say. much younger. Um, so that's been good. So there's been that positive vibe. But yeah, it's strange with no fans and nobody around the ballpark. You know, um, Drew, we know what it's like to go, um, you know, to the ballpark on game day, even on, even on a Sunday morning. You know, at at 10 a.m. when we're we're allowed in for for one of those day games after a night game, and you're you're dead tired. And it's still quiet, but you know, like every every minute that goes by, Lodo's gonna start getting busier. The milk market is starting to get packed. People are going out for brunch. They're waking up. They're rolling into the ballpark, and you know, before you know it, by 11 a.m., 11:30, it's the place to be. And right now, it's not. So um, th- those are the kind of the things that that stand out uh, for the first two days of Rocky Summer Camp. Yeah, eerie to be sure, and um, I don't know about the phrase "the new normal." It's something we've all. But I don't. I don't know. I keep going back and forth, trying to sell myself on that. But uh, something we've got to get used to. How about that? All right. This is this is some great stuff here. Will has done some research for us, and and apparently trying to help out DraftKings Sportsbook a little bit because he wants to know which of these pro-rated MLB season. Single season records could be broken over 60 games. So home runs, 28, RBI, 71, hits, 84, pitcher wins, 23. No. 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 (laughs) That that might actually be impossible. Um, Strikeouts, 142, and saves, 23. Strikeouts, it'll be impossible just because innings are going to be so limited in yeah. the early going. Uh, pitcher wins, of pitcher course. Pitcher wins, not going to happen. You know, it, it won't happen. Guys won't even get 23 starts. Right. So it'll it'll really just come down to, and I don't even think hits is going to be a possibility. That was the one I was thinking maybe, maybe someone gets hot on a stretch because no one's going to hit 28 home runs in 60 games. Someone did that before. I assume that's the Sammy Sosa. Well, no, I think I would imagine this is Will just kind of, of taking, you know, 37% of um, single season totals. Just of, of the, okay, Like 37% yeah. of, of Hack okay. Wilson's 191 RBI would be 71. Would be prorated so, too. So okay. Hits would so, be a maybe, but I, I would think, again, because they're, we're talking about 60 games in 66 days, you know, it's going to be really hard to, to play, you know, every single game, especially, you know, when we're looking at, um, you know, this the, the and spring training period. So home run seems pretty hard, too. You know, we, we saw, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a big deal if a guy could get to 30 home runs by the end of June at one yeah. point. So, yeah. uh, gosh, I, I don't know which one from that group to pick. I, I guess it would probably, honestly, it probably would have to be hits now that I think about it. RBI yeah, I, or hits. I, I, okay, so our, let, let, let me make the case for RBI for a minute. You were talking earlier about pitchers potentially lagging behind. Guys right. aren't going to be able to go as deep. We're going to see more middle relievers. We were talking earlier about how that might 
for the Rockies mean more Jeff Hoffman, if that means more innings for every team's Jeff Hoffman, and there's a up and we all know what the Jeff Hoffman experience has been so far. Some of it's up, some of it's down. Uh, there's more of that down. I could see the RBI thing happening if we see kind of an inordinate number of games that just start getting away from teams um, and there being a guy like, so what, 60, 60 baseball games? Would it blow me away if Nolan Arenado picked up 72 RBI in 60 baseball games? No. I don't know. Now hearing it, it's more than one RBI a game. I actually I don't think that. No, that math is correct. Um, that seemed that seems crazy. But you know, another element to this too, and this may have to be a conversation for another day where we dig in deeper, is the idea that well now you got fifteen new managers utilizing the DH. And so, you know, what happens when you got that as a factor? You've only had half the league have the advantage of the DH. You know, that means increased RBI because now the pitcher's not hitting. And you also have guys having more off days if they need it. You know, so Nolan Arenado is a guy where, hey, look, Nolan, we're going to have McMahon at third base today. Take it easy. We got you in there as a DH. And, you know, maybe he just locks in on, on something. And, and, again, he gets an extra, you know, day to play without having an off day. And again, you know, all these things. So it, it, it undoubtedly has to favor uh, a hitting record, if you will, yeah. a, a pro-rated record. That'll be fun to try to write about. Like, so-and-so breaks the pro-rated record. What the heck does that <laughs> mean? What? Is Barry Bonds the home run king? Yeah, he kind of is, unfortunately. <laughs> but we can dot the I in king with an asterisk. That's fine. Do that if you want. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be really interesting. But yeah, I'm with you. It, it's going to have to be um, the hitting records in in general that that guys are going after. Uh, I think that's where going. Even the sprint versus marathon nature of this upcoming season, I think, is going to lend itself better to hitters. Like pitchers can only sprint so much to begin with. Your arm's going to fall off. Where hitters, you know, they might be saying, "Hey, I don't want to go all out swinging," or, you know. Every time today, because I do that three days in a row, day four, I'm going to be exhausted. And I was going, oh, day four, I'll just DH, <laughs> you and, know, and, or, or whatever. And again, with, with pitchers not, you know, being able to go a, a lot in the early going, we know that that's common in, in April. But now that makes up so much more of the season. And when those guys are not doing what they need to do, managers, they need to be more aggressive, right? Each game is worth 2.7 wins. So you're going to have a lot more quicker triggers and say, hey, this guy, we're going to have to give him a shot, see if he's got it. Let's see, you know, this guy didn't do it last night. We're not going to put him in there again. You know, they're going to have to work more guys out. So now you're looking at the 10th, 11th, 12th guy in a bullpen, guys who are, frankly, triple-A caliber, you know, quadruple-A, maybe even double-A, depending on how poor a team is. So now you're doing that much more damage. You know, again, I, I think that would certainly favor the hitters uh, yeah. in this short and 2020 season. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely interesting. Guys, these were great questions. Keep bringing this kind of stuff. Uh, these are the kinds of things we need to think about and rethink as we come into a unique season. Uh, any more that you have coming our way? Uh, anything you want to know what we've been observing as we're down there at the ballpark? I know it's got to be weird and different for all of you at home. These are not normal spring training games. You know, we're basically out there watching them practice for you. So let us know what you will want us to, to be on the lookout for. Um, any of it, just just any and all of it, so that we can make sure that we're having all the conversations that, that we can around this 
remarkably strange thing that we are all doing. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure that you're following us on the social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, of course, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Again, hit up the merch store. We got all kinds of cool stuff. It's time to get it back out there and represent DNVR. Nolan being Nolan. Uh, just the the regular flag cap i love the flag cap man that, that's the that's the clean one that's the clean one. that's that good good that, that real good and of course the mask you want to represent but you also want to be safe you get that dnvr mask everyone thank you to this be well to each other be safe out there continue to be absolutely awesome we will continue to be absolutely patrick lyons and drew creaseman and until next we'll see you at the ballpark